This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. It is likely we have seen the last of the Joel Embiid-James Harden pairing after the Beard opted into his $36.5 million player option. So instead of heading towards free agency, Harden and the 76ers are working on a trade to send him to his fourth team since 2001-2021. That is the big news of the day, according to Woj. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin. Drew Carter sitting in for both Joe and Amber on this Thursday evening, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us, my handle, at Courtney R. Cronin, Drew's at Drudel25. You can also hit us up on the phones, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. So, Drew, this news comes as a bit of a shock because 24 hours ago when I was hosting this very show, we were hearing from Brian Windhorst and other insiders across the NBA that the 76ers and James Harden might be closer to a deal than you think. There was the rumor about him going back to Houston, opting out, becoming a free agent, taking that money that the 76ers could have paid him with him. But now it looks like the long-term partnership that Harden wanted with the 76ers wasn't going to come to fruition, and he is potentially, very likely, headed towards a trade and playing somewhere else next year. Yeah, well, not even 24 hours ago. I think on first take this morning, Brian Windhorst had this exact quote. The drama isn't going to be where James Harden is unless we get a curveball that most people don't see. Not where James Harden is, just the money and the years on his contract. And that has obviously changed because James Harden is the king of the curveball. I mean, this guy is the all-time leader in trade requests, I think. Uh, Bill Simmons put out a tweet, 21st century trade request leaders, and now James Harden, congratulations. You have broken a tie for first with your third trade request. It's just... It's kind of surprising to me, Courtney, because it feels like the Sixers were not that far away. I think if you're a Philly fan or if you play for the Sixers, if you're James Harden and you're looking at the landscape right now, where are you going to go that gives you a better chance of making the NBA Finals than Philadelphia? I mean, you're playing with an MVP. You guys make the second round every year, and that's where you tap out typically. But if you're Harden and you think about your current situation and the current landscape, I feel like Philly is one of the best possible places for him to land. Now, with that being said, if he does get traded, and it sounds like that's a condition for him to opt in with this player option, and, and I always wonder, why do teams bend over backwards for guys like this? The only dude who's ever had a no-trade clause in the last five years, it seems like, is Bradley Beal. No one else has a no-trade clause. It's not like these teams have to trade them where they want to go. The, the key wrinkle here is that he's got the player option, which he probably won't pick up un- until they agree on a trade somewhere James Harden likes. I mean, if he doesn't pick it up, he can just go somewhere and they would get nothing for him. But the return on investment for the Sixers is probably going to be pretty low because he'll have the player option, so just one year. And if we've learned anything about James Harden, aside from the fact that he has a really nice beard and doesn't show up in the playoffs for the most part, it's that he will not hesitate to leave a situation that even from the outside seems good. So I don't see what Philly is going to end up getting for him in return, especially considering it's a one-year deal. Not like it matters, though. Not like it's going to matter to James Harden. He could be on a 10-year deal, and he would still seemingly request a trade because that's what he does. He has had a wild two years 
since he left the Houston Rockets. So assuming this trade goes through, wherever he gets to, we'll get to those destinations in a minute. He would start the 2023-24 season on his fourth team since he requested that trade from the Houston Rockets three off-seasons ago. You remember the start of the 2021-22 season where he's super overweight. He kind of purposely didn't show up on time and in shape, and it just became so dramatic that the Houston Rockets traded him. So Philadelphia ends up getting him in that blockbuster trade with the Brooklyn Nets because he start he went from Houston to Brooklyn to Philly mm-hmm. and now he'll be very likely somewhere else. So why opt in? Obviously this is the big question when people look at his contract and say that was a thirty six point five million dollar player option. There very likely were no teams with any with enough cap room to pay him that amount. But when you talk about what the best fit for him is To me, this is a sign that maybe we aren't all clued in on what James Harden actually wants because this is probably his best best pathway to get to a destination where he can contend, and he might not think that that is the Philadelphia 76ers for a number of reasons. That second-round ceiling that you mentioned, Drew, seems like this team, as constructed, was not able to get past that threshold and maybe the writing was on the wall for James Harden. We'll see what the Philadelphia 76ers end up doing as a counter move if he is traded. But who makes sense? The teams that Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN NBA insider, had listed. The Los Angeles Clippers and the New York Knicks expected to enter the chat here when it comes to James Harden. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, was on PTI and had this to say about why the Clippers are a strong candidate. And the first domino here, guys, was last night when the Los Angeles Clippers released Eric Gordon to knock $21 million off their payroll. And I got to say, the L.A. Clippers don't do things to save money unless something else is going on. And as soon as that happened, the wheels started moving. And that is what has brought us here. Because I think the negotiations with Harden and the Sixers weren't going well. The Clippers were aware of it. And they are by getting Gordon off their books, they make their situation cleaner to set up for a possible trade with the Sixers and James Harden. And watch out for the LA Clippers creating a new big three with James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard figuring out how that might go. Clippers have struck out, Drew, on every point guard that they have tried to land this offseason, whether it was Chris Paul, whether it was Bradley Beal, and they're running out of options. Unless they want to repay, want to pay Russell Westbrook again this year, it makes sense from the perspective of the assist and the point and the shot making, the the shot selection that we know is not there that for him anymore. But in terms of the playmaking for others, you get an upgrade there, I would say, in James Harden. But At what cost and with the core that they have where there's a Kawhi Leonard situation that nobody knows the answer to about how he can stay healthy, how he can play a fully healthy season and in the postseason and you get your return on investment there. I look at this and I don't really – this isn't a move-the-needle sort of move. I mean, the Knicks, on the other hand, would make a lot more – of a headline than than James Harden going to the Los Angeles Clippers. And it makes me wonder, maybe there is another team in L.A. that might be interested in at least kicking the tires on Harden if a trade comes to fruition. Well, Courtney, we run through those potential landing spots for Harden, and every time I think the same thing. I hate the fit because the fit doesn't exist with James Harden. That's the thing with this guy. He doesn't fit in. It reminds me of that LeBron tweet about Kevin Love, the subtweet. Or I think he said, stop trying to fit out, fit in. Or maybe I'm getting those two things reversed. But James Harden doesn't fit in. 
he fits out. And he's been a great player. But he just finished his 14th season in the NBA. He's going to be 34 this summer. This guy is not the same player he used to be. And even when James Harden was in his prime, there was no fit. He is the offense. He is heliocentric. He is what Luka Doncic is, just less efficient now. And I know it's different playing with Joel Embiid, who won the MVP, but I actually think Embiid might be better off without James Harden, separated from him. And, and you think about Harden with the Clippers? Oh my gosh, that sounds like a disaster. With, with Kawhi Leonard, who, like you said, you have no idea what you're going to get from him. Paul George, injury issues ever since he blew his leg out playing for Team USA, has not been the same guy. Both those guys didn't play in the playoffs at all last year, and they lost in the first round. Throwing James Harden into this mix? Why Why would you want another complete question mark at this point in James Harden? I know they're moving into a new arena next year, and maybe that's it. Maybe you want some star insurance for those two guys who have injury issues. Because James Harden, to his credit, he does play. Just at this point, it does not feel like the right move to me for the Clippers. The last couple years, they have gone all in thinking that they are one addition away from being a really good team that can finally break through. So making a move like this makes some sense in the short term. He would more or less be a short-term rental because of the way that his contract is structured and if the Philadelphia 76ers are able to facilitate the sign and trade, there's no guarantee beyond what this 2023-24 season would bring for James Harden. If that's the rationale, I can understand them going all in on this, but then again, Everything we've seen with the Clippers and their roster construction has become boom or bust. The John Wall signing last year was a complete dud. And Russell Westbrook getting his way there at the tra- via the trade deadline, you know, it wasn't enough to help this team when they needed the playmaking the most in the postseason. When Kawhi Leonard was not there, maybe they view James Harden as an upgrade there. Who knows what James Harden's going to do? This has been one of the most difficult free agency decisions to predict because – 24 hours ago, as Drew said, earlier this morning, we all thought that James Harden was going to stay in Philadelphia. They were going to work out a deal. It came down to the years and the cost. He was the Philadelphia is the only team that could have offered him the $213 million four-year max deal. Probably not wanting to spend that on James Harden, where he's at right now in his career going into his 34th birthday here coming up soon in a couple months. Not the same player, but certainly still a good player. We'll see which team ends up getting involved in the sweepstakes. Coming up shortly, free agency, just 24 hours away from it officially starting. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Straight ahead, what team could use James Harden the most? We want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Give us your fit and why it works. Coming up next here, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, the issue here is that I don't think he had much of a market in straight free agency. What it means is that James Harden has likely played his last game in Philadelphia. And so he's bypassing free agency and he's going to try to force the trade. The NBA just does it better. They keep free agency every single year. Exciting. They have us guessing the entire time. We're on our toes, waiting for June 30th to happen. And then this Woj bomb comes flying in earlier today that James Harden has likely played his last game for the Philadelphia 76ers and is expected to be traded away from Philadelphia after opting in to his $36.5 million player option. Courtney Cronin, Drew Carter here on Joe and Amber ESPN Radio. It begs the question. If not Philly, what's the best fit for James Harden? Give us where, give us why. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Start now with jo- Jose in Chicago. Jose, you're on ESPN Radio. Where should James Harden look to go in a trade? I think the best fit for him right now, send it to the Knicks, try your best to win a championship. But in all honesty, I literally am on my knees praying every night to get Zach Levine off the Bulls. <laughs> Look, Jose, I'm I with you there. They need, they're going to need to find some three-point shooting somewhere. I don't know if it's in uh, Zach Levine land, the $215 million, $15 million contract that he signed last year. Not looking so great right now. Maybe they end up trading DeMar DeRozan, though, and keeping Levine around. Maybe he'll come to form. I don't know. We could talk about the Bulls all day, but Hold that's, on. Hold that's, on. that's Hold not on. what we're here to come do on. right now. Someone's got to defend Zach Levine's honor here, okay? You and Jose, both Chicago people, right? So I understand why you're frustrated with Zach Levine. Let me give you my opinion as a Minnesota fan. Zach Levine was traded to Chicago as part of the Jimmy Butler trade. Didn't work out for us. I miss Zach Levine every day. I love Zach Levine. I met him right after he was drafted, and I was a young pup. I was a young timber pup, and I still look back on those days fondly when he played in Minnesota. So I just want to say to any Zach Levine fans out there, I support Zach Levine. Not everyone on this show is a Zach Levine hater. Well, at least you have Nas Reed. You can hang your hat on that, uh, Drew. Well, is that supposed to be a dig? I love Nas Reed. I mean, it's a great contract that he just ended up signing with the Timberwolves. But we can, I mean, we'll stay in the Eastern Conference here. It makes sense because Jose brought up the New York Knicks as a possibility. And that was one of the destinations that Woj brought up along with the Los Angeles Clippers that could make sense because of him opting into his $35.6 million player option. Now that the Sixers are trying to find a place to trade the once perennial all-star guard, you know, the Knicks have to pair somebody this year with Jalen Brunson in the backcourt. We know where some of their depth issues kind of bit them in the postseason, especially what we saw in that Miami series. But, like, 
they've struggled. Like New York has kind of struggled in the same way that like some of these other teams have that are contenders, at least for a James Harden on paper. Like shot creation during the playoffs when Brunson was like not going like crazy in games or when he like kind of had, you know, off nights, like that's a big issue. So on the other side of that, like there's a Clippers team that ve- that has a lot of wings that they're trying to unload. They can match Harden's salary. There's no doubt about that. So it's like you think about the fit financially, the Clippers might make more sense, but you and I both kind of agree the Clippers are a very strange on-court fit. The Knicks of all teams, though, might actually make more sense from what they can provide James Harden in a role and the players that he'd be playing around in the caliber of talent that's on that young team, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, and you look at where they are with their draft capital the next couple of years, that's a team that owns a lot of their own picks, and they're not in a bad spot to continue to build around, even though this in the short term would be a rental. I'm going to sound like a broken record tonight, Courtney. I just don't like the fit. I don't see it. I, I think It's a better fit than the Clippers. I mean, almost anybody would be, but to me the best fit for him is still in Philly, and that's why I just find this mind-numbing and confusing. Maybe he hates cheesesteaks. Maybe he really hates playing with Joel Embiid. But I just don't get it because the Knicks right now have such a good vibe going. It's almost like, a, remember Lynn Sanity 10 years ago and everything was great and everyone in New York was so happy. It was like, finally they were stoked about the Knicks again. Nobody thought they were going to win the championship, but finally people were excited about the Knicks. And then Melo came back. And it's like, all right, well, we're better now. We have a higher ceiling with Melo. He's our best player, but it wasn't as fun, right? What's happening now with the Knicks is that on a macro level. Jalen Brunson seems to be the most beloved Knicks since Jeremy Lin. Like, what they built last year was so fun. Again, the team was better in 2012-13 when they won 50-plus games and they were the two-seed. J.R. Smith knocking down threes and Melo was playing in an MVP caliber. But this Knicks team is fun. The vibes are good. They rolled through their first-round series against the Cavs and played pretty well in the second round against the Heat as well. And I just think to throw James Harden into the mix here would be a big mistake. It's like like when you get to high school and you find your friend group and the pieces just mesh perfectly, right? You've got the leader, you've got the guy where everyone always goes to his mom's house because it's fun and it's the cool mom. You've got the jokester. You have maybe the person who's a bit of a wild card, but it all fits really well. The puzzle pieces just work. That's where the Knicks are. And to add James Harden, it might look good on paper. You might be adding the most popular kid in your grade to your friend group, but it's going to throw off the chemistry. Everything's going to be different once that guy enters the fold. So, yes, on paper, James Harden might look good with the Knicks, but I don't want to take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands. I like what they have cooking right now in New York. I'll say this. For James Harden to not want to stay in Philly, I think it speaks more to what's going on behind the scenes than the fit itself because that is the best destination for him to actually contend. Him opting in allows him then the best pathway to get to a marquee destination. Straight ahead, is there anything more difficult to achieve than perfection? We'll talk about that next. Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Drew Carter, I'm Courtney Crone, and you're listening to Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. This show, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. 
Whole lot going on in the world of NBA free agency, which starts tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So in this lead-up times, when all the news starts to break, all of the conversations happening behind the scenes between teams and agents of players start to trickle out. So we have plenty of news on James Harden that we're going to keep you updated on and what it means going forward for the Philadelphia 76ers. But right now it is time for Sound On, Sound Off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. All right, we'll bring in producer James Steele to rip through some headlines here. James, where are we starting? Yeah, uh, so uh, first of all, uh, congratulations on getting the name of the segment right today. You, had you know, sound off, sound on sounds pretty good. Had a little trouble with it yesterday. Interchangeable, really? It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this or that, he said what. Yeah, I mean, they're all the same yourself. segment. They're, yeah. We literally do it from TV to radio. No. We are just great at reusing the same idea a hundred times. That is not true. This is a very original uh, <laughs> segment, and no one else does it. All right, okay. Draymond Green. Opted out of the final year of his contract with the Warriors last week. There's been a lot of speculation on if he'll be back in Golden State or if he's going to play somewhere else. Draymond was on Podcast P with Paul George this week. (laughs) How is that real? That can't be real. (laughs) And talked about his relationship with Stephen Clay and how that'll impact what to do, what he'll do in free agency. You know, I'm going through a free agency right now. You know, you hear this and you hear that and, and just updating them on like my thoughts. Like every step of the way, I update them mm-hmm. like, yo, because I don't want it to get down to a point to where if I was to leave, that it's just like, wham, hey, fellas, just FYI, I'm gone. <laughs> like, or it come across like your phone and I don't get the chance to tell you, you know, and so I'm like in touch with them like a couple times a week right now, just kind of letting them know my mindset, what I'm thinking. You know, you hear things and I can't negotiate yet, but what I'm thinking, because I don't want it to come down to if I'm not offered the offer that I think I should get or I'm offered better somewhere else and I like that situation more at this point in time in my life, I don't want it to come down to like it's just some abrupt thing and like we haven't talked in weeks and now I'm hitting you up just to tell you. So I've been like updating them too like every step of the way just to keep them in the loop. That's our relationship Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it special. Again, that was Draymond on uh, Podcast P with Paul George. Is trying to get a laugh out of Drew again. All right, <laughs> Drew, does hearing Draymond talk there make you think he's leaning one way or another? Well, first of all, it makes me think he's going to be annoying Steph Curry and Klay Thompson right now because they're currently playing in the match against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So I'm sure they've he's got there with them. Drew's, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he's that's there. Right. He's, a, he's, he's literally in a updating them hole to hole. Hey guys, <laughs> I heard from this team. Hey guys, my agent just said this. Dude, I'm trying to tee off. In, in, in their backswing, he's like, hey, guys, the Kings just made me this really interesting <laughs> offer. Um, it doesn't – it does not uh, in, uh, impact, excuse me, how I think this is going to go out. I, I think that this actually makes a lot of sense. To me, it just means that Draymond Green is a good teammate and a good coworker. I would expect someone I've worked with closely for the last 10 years to do this. I would hope so. So it's not surprising. It doesn't really change anything for me. I think the – the only interesting thing about it is the fact that Paul George has a podcast called Podcast P, which yeah, is real original. hysterical to me. Does he know that Playoff P is like a punchline? He probably shouldn't be shouldn't be uh, profiting off that anymore. Podcast he probably P, but, has the trademark yeah. on uh, right. Playoff P. Smart athletes do that. They can understand people will make fun of them, and they're the ones who get the last laugh because they end up trademarking everything and making money off of it. 
how do I hear this? I mean, I'm with Drew that he's played with these guys since 2012. They have a long history together. And this is kind of the way that they've done business in free agency before. You remember the Hamptons Five that went out to court Kevin Durant in 2016. They all went together. They all stayed on the same page. This is status quo. Like, this is not I'm keeping everything close to the vest. I'm going to decide what's good for me and my future. I'm not surprised at all that this is the route he's going. It doesn't change my mind, though, because I think the Warriors are going to make this happen. They chose Draymond Green over Jordan Poole, which is why they shipped him off to the Wizards for Chris Paul and sent the two picks in the future, 2027 second rounder, 2030 first rounder. Like, their mind's made up. They're going all in on Draymond Green. Otherwise, you don't end up making that trade because you lose him in free agency. Where's, you know, where does that presence come from on the roster? Is it Jonathan Kaminga? Are you so sure that that's going to happen next season? So, no, I, I'm i fully committed to my belief that he is going to be a warrior next year. I just think it's smart of him to go about it this way. All right, it sounds like the Jets are going to be forced to do hard knocks, which with Aaron Rodgers as our starting quarterback will just be excellent content for everyone, especially for us, this show here, uh, that has a feature called Rodgers Watch. I'm, I'm just, I can't wait. But uh, it'll probably be a distraction, and that might not be a good thing for a team that's breaking in a new quarterback into their offense, even if that quarterback is a future Hall of Famer. But Dominic Foxworth says, what better time to get used to distractions than in the preseason? What is training camp for if not to prepare for the regular season? So why not already expose yourself in a low-stakes situation, expose Aaron Rodgers to all of this attention? You're going to get it. It's just going to be five or ten extra cameras. It's not that challenging. The idea that somehow hard knocks is a distraction. You're a garbage coach. If some cameras showing up, is it going to distract your team from getting any better? And if it is a distraction, fine. Let's prepare for how we are going to deal with distractions in the regular season. Let's practice that now when we are just playing preseason games. I've never known anyone great to say hmm let me see if i can find the easiest way to do this especially when you're working out you don't put 10 pound weights on the bench press because it's lighter you put the heavy weights on so that you can get stronger and get better so anyone who thinks that there's some sort of distraction about hard knocks that's foolishness it's not a distraction like that's what i don't understand here the hard knocks cameras go watch back at previous seasons and previous episodes there's not like a Kardashian-level camera and audio crew where you've got them following around people in the facility. They do sit-down interviews, and the cameras that are in position rooms are often, like, situated way up high in the corner of the room, so it gets two angles. One, the players, and then the players facing the coach. This is only a distraction if there's something that comes out that becomes a headline from one episode on a Monday, I believe it gets released, or Tuesday, and then it's a headline that they're asked about the next day. Hard Knocks has been sanitized. Like the, the GMs of the team, the front office people, ownership, they have final say before that episode goes to HBO and then airs. So you never get anything juicy from Hard Knocks anymore. And if there was something so controversial, a fight, a skirmish, whatever it is, that's probably getting edited out because the teams have the final say. I miss the old Hard Knocks. I miss when you would really learn stuff about these guys and really learn about the locker room drama. You're right, Courtney. It's not like it's not like the Bachelorette, which premiered Monday on ABC, not in, in which about that. in which I did watch. You're not doing ITMs in the moments, 
it is much more of a stale environment. It does feel more like a produced TV show, although The Bachelorette is pretty produced. I don't think it'll be a distraction for the Jets to be on hard knocks. I think it'll be a distraction for them to have a weirdo playing quarterback who may or may not be that good anymore. That's the distraction, not hard knocks, James. How dare you call the content machine that is Aaron <laughs> Rodgers a weirdo? I think every show on ESPN Radio has a Rodgers segment, by the way. It's no, like, it's like stop it. No, we are an original, original show. <laughs> we are an original show. I come up with original content, so stop it right now. All right, uh, two more I want to get to real quick, so let's keep it moving here. Last night was a slow news night in sports until this happened. Grounded to third. That's Ryan Rucco on the call with the Yes Network. Drew, is there anything that would be cooler to see live than a perfect game? Sorry, we got a little teaser of the next sound on, sound off segment. Um, I would rather see a four home run game, I think. I like offense. I don't like defense. I like scoring. Give me high numbers. Give me a four home run game, which is about as rare and maybe a little bit more rare than a perfect game. I think that was a 24th four home run game. I think has happened under 20 times. Uh, but really... Anything other than baseball, I think, would be more exciting to see. Courtney? The thing about a perfect game, and this one you've got to give Herman credit because he finished. It wasn't like it was going him from him inning one to inning nine. He didn't have anybody come in to close and keep the perfect game alive. He did that all by himself. 99 pitches in an era where pitch counts for players are very apparent. I mean, Clayton Kershaw last year when he was coming back from – I think it was his first game of the 2022 season. He had a perfect game going, and he got pulled because of the pitch count. For him to do it in this era, when the pitch clock is also a part of the circumstances and the nature of a perfect game being so unknown, you don't go to games expecting, oh, I'm going to see a perfect game tonight. You go to games expecting milestones. So when we're trying to think, like, what would you rather see – I'm with you. I mean, a four-home run game would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Watching somebody hit for the cycle would be awesome. I'd love to go to a perfect game. The no-hitter stuff, I'm not trying to be, like, arrogant here. Once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Don't need to see another (laughs) no-hitter live. But would love to see a perfect game. It's a reason it's so rare. I have. I saw one a couple years ago when I was out in the Bay Area. And it's not – it's – I mean, you take what you can get. I mean, it's an incredible feat, but they've become so rare. They're so not rare at this point mm-hmm. that it's um, just it just lost a little bit of its luster. But a perfect wow. game, 27 strikeouts that he did it on 99 pitches, that in itself is something that we just don't see all that often. Last time that happened was back in 2012. Straight ahead, time to rank some stuff. We're going to do that. Coming up next, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 8. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Sixty-nine days away from that Thursday night opener out in Kansas City. They'll be getting their rings in front of a raucous crowd at Arrowhead Stadium. It should be exciting times, but we have a ways to go before we get there, including getting through training camp, the preseason, so on and so forth. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, and we love ourselves some list. ESPN Radio's Rank'em, something we're doing all week. Courtney Cronin, Drew Carter in for Joe and Amber. Tonight, 
It's the top five rookies. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five rookies. Number five. Okay, Courtney, at number five, I'm going to start my list with Bryce Young. Yeah, he was the number one pick. You might be thinking, hey, number five's a little low for him. But here's why I'm putting Bryce Young on my list. I think it's kind of a boring selection, but I don't want to be the guy who, in hindsight, left Bryce Young off his list of top five rookies. I really like Bryce Young. I think he's going to be pretty good in his rookie year for Carolina. It'll be the start of a great career, and I think it'll be a solid first season for Bryce Young. The number one pick is my number five rookie for 2023. Number four. Number four is Jordan Addison. My Vikings homer jersey comes on for the first time tonight. But I really think there is a good chance that Jordan Addison is awesome as a rookie. He was incredible at Pittsburgh. He won the Bolitnikoff, goes to USC. Numbers drop just a little bit, but still a great season at USC. Still ends up as a first-round pick. I look back three years ago. A guy by the name of Justin Jefferson was also selected in the 20s. His numbers as a rookie, 88 catches, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. And now we know Justin Jefferson is probably the consensus best wide receiver in the league. I know we did the top five wide receivers a couple days ago on ESPN Radio, and it seems like Justin Jefferson is a popular pick at number one, unless you're Keyshawn and you don't have him on your top five at all, but that's a different conversation for a different day. I think Jordan Addison was super productive in college. We've seen rookie receivers thrive in this Viking system. And no Adam Thielen, Jordan Addison's going to be their number two receiver. I think he'll be great. He's my number four rookie for 2023. Number three. His former college teammate at Pittsburgh, Kalijah Cansey. He was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year at Pitt last year, and there were some really good options for that award. And what Kalijah Cansey reminds me of, and I know this is going to be crazy, high praise, I don't care. He reminds me of Aaron Donald. Because he was super productive in college as a big defensive lineman who can play anywhere on the line. Super productive in college. Happened to go to the same school, Pittsburgh. He crushed it at the Combine. Total freak show. And he still lasted until pick 19. Aaron Donald was picked 12 or 13. He was picked much later than he should have been. When we all knew he was going to be a great NFL player. When you combine great production with great measurables... And I think great character for Kalijah Kansi is what you hear about this guy. Bucks got him at number 19. I think it's a steal. He's number three for me on this rookie list. Number two. Will Anderson Jr. to me was the best player in the draft. And I think if there weren't a quarterback needy team drafting at one, like if your beloved Chicago Bears had kept the pick, I think Will Anderson would have made a lot of sense. Same type of thing as Kalijah Kansi, just on another level. Will Anderson was the most productive defensive player in college for the last two years. He had more than 10 more tackles for loss as the next guy a couple of years ago. Will Anderson's best season was actually two years ago when he was a sophomore, but he was still dominant as a junior his last year in college at Alabama. Of course, playing in the SEC, you're going to play against the best competition. Now going to the pros, I think he's just going to tear it up again. He's my pick for defensive rookie of the year. Will Anderson, my number two rookie in this class. Number one. Anytime you're talking about drafting a rookie first overall in fantasy football, 
I think he's got to be number one on the list of most productive rookies, at least from a, a fan perspective. There might be offensive linemen who are more productive. There might be a couple defensive players who are more productive. But to me, no one is going to make a bigger splash. No one's name will be thrown around more this year than Bijan Robinson. Goes to the Falcons in the top ten. They need a guy to step in there and dominate the touches and really be the engine of this offense. And anytime you draft a running back in the top ten in today's day and age, that tells you a lot about a team's priorities and how they want to use him. Arthur Smith is their head coach. Derrick Henry did all right when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Bijan Robinson's going to put up silly numbers this year. And I'm not the only one saying that he might go first overall in your fantasy draft. Field Yates, who's a fantasy football expert, he brought that up as well. Bijan Robinson will be drafted in the first round of your fantasy draft. He was drafted in the top 10 of the actual NFL draft. And again, that just doesn't happen with running backs all that often anymore. So I think Bijan Robinson in Atlanta has the best rookie season of anyone this year. And if you want to get invested, I would say put your money on him to win rookie of the year. Two running backs taken in the top 12 picks of the 2023 draft. Bijan Robinson at eight to Atlanta, the Jameer Gibbs. Kind of a surprise one there, given yes. what Detroit's backfield looked like at the time, but he was taken at 12. Maybe he will be on my list. Who knows? But mm. to recap here, from 5 to 1, this is Drew's list. Bryce Young, Carolina Panthers quarterback, coming in at number 5. 4, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Kalijah Kansi, number 3. Will Anderson, number 2. And Bijan Robinson at number 1. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Weigh in. Let us know if there's somebody who should be on this list that's not, but be prepared. If you are going to put somebody on his list or my list, we're going to do that coming up in about 15 minutes. Be prepared to take someone off and give us your reason why. Um, I really, I can't, it's hard to poke holes in a roster like this when we have not seen any of these players play in the NFL. And you brought up the thing about with, you know, Jordan Addison, your wishful thinking that he's going to become like Justin Jefferson. We knew Jefferson was really, really special coming out of college and the 100-plus catches he had out of the slot, an LSU record, the national championship year. Jordan Addison and what he did at USC, you don't find any of those sort of comparisons. Maybe it's that luck of like the 22nd, 23rd pick and not picking the guy before who ends up becoming kind of a complete bust and then finds his way to your yeah, team's the, the, roster. The Eagles didn't know Justin Jefferson was special. They took Jalen Rager over him. Jordan Addison sure was drafted did. higher. How did that work out? <laughs> All right, straight ahead. What is the latest for James Harden? Mean for the Philadelphia 76ers. He has opted into his $36.5 million player option. What does Philly do next? That's next. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 